Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friends, future friends, haters, and ex-lovers, welcome back to another episode of Crimes of the Heart. I'm your host, Rory Uphold, and today's episode deals with shame, which is something that I hate. I think shame is the root of so much evil, and it's part of the reason why I created this podcast. Ironically, because of this podcast, I was slut-shamed last week over things that I've said on here, and I like to talk about it. Last week, I had a woman who I'm going to keep confidential and who I do believe had my best intentions tell me that I needed to be careful because if I continue to talk about the volume of people I've been with, it will affect my chances of finding a future partner. Yeah. That no man wants to walk into a room with me and wonder if I've been with other men in that room. And to that, I would say, yes, probably. There are absolutely men who I might be interested in, at least on a surface level, who will see this podcast or hear things I've said and not want to date me because of it. And that sucks. But I also believe that these are men who would ultimately not want to date me once they got to know me. (laughs) Because at my core, I am a curious and outspoken person and I'm motivated to dismantle systems and I'm genuinely, genuinely so sick of the double standards. So let me get this straight. Dadbot is hot but there is no mom bod. It's just, she's let herself go. A silver fox is considered sexy, but when women age, they're sad or desperate. If a guy has tons of women, he's desirable, he's a player. And if a woman has tons of men, well, she's run through. There's an idea that high value men don't want women who have been with lots of men, but somehow that just does not apply in reverse. And quite frankly, I don't wanna end up with someone who thinks like this at all. And God forbid, I do not want to raise a child with someone who would potentially pass this kind of thinking on to our son or daughter. And I am confident in those thoughts. But I'll be honest, when this person said this to me, it really hurt my feelings because it plays into fear and shame. What if I am undesirable? And what if the amount of people that I've been with or this podcast is the reason that someone doesn't want to be with me? When I say it out loud, it actually feels stupid, which is how I know that this is my shadow self or my inner demon talking. Like that's the fear place. Because out loud, in the open, in the light of day, this sentence is something that just makes me scoff, okay? So they don't wanna be, okay. And this is sort of how I confront my shame. 
I think a lot of us have grown up with beliefs about sex, about beauty, about success, about masculinity, the list goes on, that make us feel bad about ourselves when we find ourselves falling outside of the norm. And I just want to challenge us all to confront that shame head on. I have made a really conscious choice to share parts of my life, taboo parts of my life on this podcast, because I'm personally sick of the stigmas and the double standards that so many of us face on the daily. But this is not the entirety of who I am, and it never will be. I mean, it's not even close. And I know that when I show up in a relationship, I love fully and loyally in a holistic sense. I am so much more than this little sliver of my life that I share on this podcast. And if someone is willing to walk away from all of that because of how many people they think I've slept with or what jean size I wear or how old I am or how much money I have, etc., etc., whatever the belief is, then I'm okay with that. And yes, it might make me feel sad for a day. But then I realize I am the one that gives things power. And I am decidedly not going to give power to toxic narratives stemming from purity culture. I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. Which is a pretty good lead up into today's episode. Because today's episode deals with a different kind of shame. Today's crime is all too common. And it's plagued women for years. I'm grateful that I have a special guest with me who knows firsthand what it's like to be the victim of said crime. So without further ado, let me introduce you to a hilarious actress, mom, wife, and avid crystal collector. I am talking about none other than Miss Molly Tarlov. Welcome to Crimes of the Heart. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm I'm very excited because we share a mutual friend who literally only says the nicest things about you. Yeah, he's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's great. Oh my god. I love that. We're tagging Daniel then. I mean, he's definitely a fan of you. Oh. Actually, that really feels good when you say that. <laughs> well, this story is wild, and I'm so glad that you are on to listen to it with me. I can't wait to get into it, because yeah. when I was interviewing the girl, my jaw dropped. I'm excited. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm scared and excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited and scared. That was my audition song for Interlock <laughs> from Into the Woods. Sorry. Major. Yeah. Cool. You know what I'm talking about? Little Red Riding Yeah, Hood? yeah, yeah. Okay, no. Okay. Excited and scared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I think I was just like, oh, wow. We are going to... I feel like this episode might be us being very ADD. Yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. I feel it too. <laughs> I started a new medication today and I'm not sure it's working. Major. I yeah. love that you're combining it with Celsius. I mean, you got to. Yeah. You'll be like flying home. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, let's listen to it. A quick disclaimer, our episodes deal with serious incidents and triggering subject matter. If you feel like at any time you need support, please do not hesitate to grab a cocktail, share this with a friend, or contact us with your own stories. We are here to listen and liberate. Contact information can be found in the show notes. The names in the following episode have not been changed to protect the innocent or the guilty. I thought, oh my God, this guy is a loser. Why even, why did I even wait two months in my life with this guy? Nah, I just can't live like that. I just don't want to live like that. This is Anna. 
Our story takes place in London, home to Jack the Ripper, one of the most notorious serial killers of all time. His attacks on women are thought to have inspired other serial killers, and his presence traumatized an entire generation of women. But today, we are going to talk about another man traumatizing women in London, and how one woman managed to not only survive him, but bounce back better. So yeah, my name is Anna. I've been living in London for 10 years. Anna is Italian with the curves to prove it. First of all, I've never been like super skinny. It's just not in my genes. I'm 33. It took me 32 years old to accept it. So I'm absolutely fine with it. And even after a pandemic breakup that led to some weight gain, Anna admits. I like my body. In the spring of 2022, after months of heartache, Anna decides it's finally time to get back into the dating game. I kind of left the dating for a while. And then one day, I just felt like, oh, I'm going to go on Hinge and see what's out there. She creates a profile, and within no time... This guy contacted me. It was straight away really funny. <laughs> he was really engaging. We had a similar background. We had both traveled around a lot, pre-pandemic, of course. But he seemed to really like me. So they exchange phone numbers. And a few days of flirty texting later, Anna and Jim decide to meet up for a date. They meet up at a park to see if the vibe they have over text will translate in person. And it does. We clicked, like literally straight away. It was really strange, especially after leaving a four-year relationship. It was literally clicked straight away from moment one. When Anna walks up, she immediately notices that Jim is... Cool looking. So I like really tall guys. So he was really tall, blonde, with blue eyes, which are kind of my thing. Very, very skinny. Actually, very, very skinny. They walk to a nearby bar to grab some drinks. The conversation just flows. They cover everything from how they were raised to what their travel goals are. And at the end of the night... We kissed and then we went home. That night, Jim sends Anna a text to say that... He had a nice night and we should do it again. So I think the next day we agreed we would go out again on, on the weekend. They hit up another bar in a hipster part of London and... And he was like, do you want to go to your place? And I said, yeah, we can go to my place, but I don't want to have sex. And he said, why? And I said, no, 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 not because I don't want to have sex with you. I don't think I'm ready. They go back to her place, and Jim tells her... We can stop whenever you want, which is what we did. They get into bed and start fooling around, and Jim is immediately taken by Anna's body. He really liked my tattoos, so he would be like, oh, I really like this, and then he would look at my boobs and be like, oh, I really like this. Just moving from body part to body part. Eventually, they fall asleep. The next morning, in the sober light of day, Jim and Anna have sex. And it felt very natural. It was always very natural to be around this person, which was also what really struck me by lightning because I couldn't believe that could happen. The sex is incredible. And they stay in bed for hours. And every time Anna tries to start her day, Jim pulls her back into bed. He looked like an octopus because every time I would try to maybe get out of bed, he would just grab me again. And I was like, how is it possible? I just literally moved your hand somewhere else. So he wasn't that verbal, but what he would do, it would be very passionate. 
They continue to date, with Jim taking the lead. He was taking the initiative, which was so much different than what I had left, which was what I needed as well. So I needed someone to do things with me, like exciting stuff. Let's go on adventures. Let's, I don't know, go bowling. Anything of the sorts, really. They see each other every week for date nights and breakfasts. And even though it's still new and they're not yet exclusive, they are affectionate in public. Yeah, holding hands was from the first date, which again, it just shocked me because I was like, really? Ready? So yeah, we would do things like boyfriend and girlfriend. We would sit at the same table, eat together, have breakfast, hold hands, kiss in public without any issues. And behind closed doors... He would look at me and he would be like, oh, I think I'm in trouble because I think he was feeling things, but he wouldn't want to say them, which is, again, for British guys, is very, very normal. Everything's going great, except that Anna is about to head home to Italy for two months, and she's worried about how that might affect this blossoming relationship. I just don't want to cut this relationship short. It's going really well, so I kind of cut the trip short, which is not really me, to be honest. But I just thought, well, you know, things are going so well, and I wasn't expecting it. So Anna moves her flight back a month, cutting her trip short to give herself and Jim a little more time to get to know each other before she leaves. Fast forward. It's the night before Anna is supposed to fly back home to Italy for her two-month trip. She and Jim are headed to the movies, and then he's going to stay over at her place. And I told him I'm not going tomorrow because I'm not going. Uh-oh. Jim is silent. He didn't even ask me why the trip was being cut short, by the way. Then the movie starts. So we couldn't talk for like two hours and a half. And then when we came out, he was like, I need to go home. And I said, what do you mean you need to go home? You were coming to my place. And he said, no, no, I need to go home. And I said, okay, what's happening? Jim tells her that he's uncomfortable about the fact that Anna canceled her trip. She tries to reassure him, but instead, Jim says, I don't want to come to your place tonight. I'm going to go home. We'll talk in a bit. So Anna goes home and cries herself to sleep. That's not the action you expect when you tell someone you're not leaving and that you can spend another few weeks together before you go. A few days go by with zero word from Jim. A week goes by, nothing. Another week, still nothing. Finally, while Anna is at work, she gets a text from Jim. I got this message and it's like, oh, do you want to meet up? We can have a talk. I can explain what happened. They decide to meet up at a coffee shop in central London. I got all ready, like wearing heels, I put makeup on, I did my hair and all that. They sit down with their coffees and Anna asks him, What happened? Like, why haven't I heard from you in a few weeks? And he's like, oh, sorry, I'm so sorry, I freaked out. I just, I know I might have exaggerated it, but you know, I thought things were going really fast. I mean, pretty much the usual. <laughs> things were going very fast, it was too intense and all that. I said, okay, that's fine, but so what happens now? Anna listens to Jim and understands that he overreacted. She's willing to try things again. So she asks him, Okay, now that everything is cleared up, what are we doing now? Where do we go from here? Jim tells her that there's something else he needs to say, but... You're gonna hate me for it. Anna's confused, but she asks Jim to elaborate. And he nonchalantly says, Oh, well, yeah, I usually go out with skinny girls. <laughs> I usually go out with skinny girls. I don't think anyone is ever going to take this sentence out of my head. Anna is stunned. I was so shocked. What the fuck is happening? 
And then, I don't know, my brain response was like, do not cry for no reason, do not cry. Like, there's no reason to cry, not now, you cry later. Instead... I think I laughed. Literally, <laughs> I think I laughed in his face. Then, Anna stands up. Well, you've just told me I'm fat, right? And you don't date people that look like me. Fine, you don't have to. No one, no one ever forced you to be with me. The door was always open. She does a little spin, looks at her bum, then grabs her boobs and says, When did you realize that I had a bum and hips and a tummy and boobs? When exactly did you miss that information? You didn't seem to mind when you were sleeping with me. Jim's jaw drops. So he was stunned. Maybe he expected her to cry or get angry, but he certainly wasn't expecting confidence. He couldn't really say anything because, I mean, how to get out of something like this? Anna grabs her things and begins to take off. Jim tries to tell her that he would like to be friends, asking, Can we stay in touch? Because I've always liked you and I think you're really cool, but, you know, I don't think we can keep dating. And I was like, to be honest, I do not want to be friends with someone like you. I don't think there's space. I've got plenty of friends. I don't need another one. Anna walks out of the coffee shop, her head held high, but she can feel her eyes welling up. And by the time I had turned around to cross the road to get to my bus, I started crying. After some tears, some pizza, and a lot of messages from friends, Anna moves on. But the next time she finds herself excited about meeting up with a man from a dating app, Anna panics. I remember sending my pictures from my Bumble profile to some of my best friends and be like, can you please tell me the truth? Do I look exactly like my pictures? Anna was over Jim, but his words still haunted her. I don't want to have that ever again. I don't want a guy telling me, oh, you look skinnier in your pictures. It never happened to me. But now that was my fear after this whole thing happened. Eventually, after a few successful meetups, Anna remembers thinking, why am I allowing a stupid guy to play with my brain. And now, when asked about her thoughts on the situation, she says, In some ways, I kind of thank him as well, because I'm like, oh, you know what? You helped me like appreciate my body more. In Sitting with the Hurt that Jim Caused, Anna was forced to examine her relationship with her body, and it made her realize, Like, some days I'm like, I wish my tummy was smaller, or I wish I could do plank for two more minutes instead of having to put my knees down. But the day that you die, you're not going to think, oh, I wasn't skinny enough for my whole life. And moreover, Anna wants to spend her time on Earth, surrounded by people who appreciate her, as is. But Jim is still out there, potentially terrorizing the women of London. So take this story as a warning, and remember, let self-love be your shield. No matter how sharp the tongue of the gems of the world, they will never cut through the protective layer that true self-love creates. And that's it. Problem solved. <laughs> oh, yep, that's it. Man, that guy is such a douche. I mean, horrible. I am, horrible. like, so glad that I am here for this story. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so I've, I've done a lot of these, and I've, I've heard so many stories. And it's crazy because for me, personally, I have in work and entertainment been told I'm too fat my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never had that with men. Yeah. And when she told me that, I I was like, I couldn't believe it. But then also the way she handled it, I was like, you handled that the way I wish I would in my dreams. Yeah. 
A hundred percent. If it were me, I'd be like, well, can we like be together for another few years? You know what I mean? You're like, so does that mean we're over? (laughs) No, literally, I'd be like, I will just give me another four years, torture me emotionally, and I will lose weight for you. No. No. No, that's bad. No, I know. I'm saying that really would be what you would do? I mean, no. But like, I've, I mean, I've definitely like my entire life had a lot of rhetoric around my body. And then, you know, being on TV, then it spreads to the whole world. I mean, sure. Maybe. I don't know if they got awkward in Finland, but maybe they did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, it was crazy when it started, when it became like strangers, not just people who would like see me in person, but in relationships. And I, when I think about about the relationships that I've been in with men and I'm talking like relationships not just the ones one that night I've, stands yeah, or dating yeah. or something yeah. yeah the amount of discourse I w- allowed is insane yeah wait so you would be dating or in a relationship with a guy and they're commenting on your body weight yeah what yeah can you give me an example? Yeah, like, yes, I, I, yes. My brain just broke a little bit. Okay, so literally, I mean, not, it sounds, I don't know, maybe it doesn't sound worse than it is. Um, so my husband is the first man that I've been in a relationship with that I cannot think of a moment that he has hurt me in. I mean, it's okay. You're looking, I'm, I'm happy. No, I love like, that. I love, no, what like, I'm saying is that yeah. makes sense. That, uh, you chose the right person. Yes. But my my ex-boyfriend before my husband was very into fitness and there was like a lot of stuff. But an example is he I mean, this is so fucked up. He told me there was one day that we were going to go on a hike or something. And I was like, I don't know. And he got upset and he told me that he was talking to his friends from college or something and he was talking about me and saying what I did and he was like oh yeah she's on the show blah, blah, blah. and they were like not the fat one right ha 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 yeah yeah and he said that to you he said it to me I think I just stayed with him because he reminded me of my grandmother <laughs> sorry <laughs> I mean <laughs> and her tiny dick right <laughs> oh my god that's yes. crazy yeah I guess actually now that you're saying it I did have one boyfriend that would comment on my weight and I never thought about that until literally right now there you go that's really nuts would you like to share yeah I feel like he would he would kind of sometimes monitor what I ate mm-hmm. and there'd be little comments mm-hmm. and I don't think I ever really thought I mean I I had not thought about it until just right now. It was weird. Well, you just said that and then it made me think that because I was like, no, I've never had this be an issue. Yeah. But I guess obviously I did. And I was so stressed about that for a long time. Yeah. That's awful. I talked to girlfriends too who are dating and that do I look like my photos thing. Oh my God. I can't imagine. Is such so prevalent. Yeah. I don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure getting married and having a child also helps with that. But like, I just, I have too many things. I don't care. And at my biggest, it was never an issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, the story I told you sounds so horrible. And you're like, how could I not have just like broken up with him there? Mm -hmm. Right. But I'm like, I knew in that moment, like he should not have told me that. Mm -hmm. And we probably did break up for some amount of time over that but it's also like I was like I am the fat one you know what I mean like you believed it yeah I believed it and I'm like I brought this on myself this is something that I need to change 
You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. It was a shame that you were carrying. Yeah. So when somebody called it out, it hurt, but you weren't like, how dare they? It was more, I wish that I was better. Right. So if Anna didn't have the confidence that she had in that moment, she would, this wouldn't be a story that you would be hearing her being like, I cannot believe this man said this to me. Mm. This would be. She'd be apologizing to him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And even, even with the confidence that she had, the fact that it fucked with her. Yeah after the fact is such a testament to how I know they're like words can't hurt you and I'm like I don't know I've been hurt by a lot of words yeah (laughs) of course words can hurt (laughs) you yeah and just the way that that stuck with her it it, this this story haunts me Mm -hmm. I think it will probably haunt a lot of women and thank you for sharing that story about your ex he's dead now right (laughs) I don't know what he's doing well so yeah Probably listening to this podcast. Give it five stars. <laughs> yeah, you thirsty little bitch. <laughs> uh, I mean, that their relationship was long and there was lots of... Sure. And he has his own shit and that has to... Obviously. Yeah, so I don't... You know, it can't be reduced down to just this one awful thing. But it is just glaringly obvious once I'm in a relationship with my husband who I've been with now for eight years who has I mean I've literally this was our six-year wedding anniversary this weekend and I'm literally 100 pounds more than I was on the day we got married and I have not heard a peep about it obsessed you know honestly we should make a cake it just says 100 (laughs) yes oh my god 101 if the cake is good I guess one of the questions I was going to ask you was like, how did you know? For me, I'm I'm so fascinated by, do you just pick someone and work on it? Did you feel something different and special with this man? How did you know you were making the right choice? I felt something different and special. I don't think that that is necessarily like indicative of him you know, I'm sure that you felt the same feelings I felt with Alex with men that who turned out to be losers. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> but I did feel something very different and special. And also, I was like, this is like a nice, good person, which was new. New. I was like, this is a good person to his bones, you know? Mm. And it just, for him and I, it felt like we had been. I mean, this is so cheesy, but like we had been like existing parallel for our whole lives. And then it was like, even actually when we shook hands and like looked at each other, I was like, oh, this is my next boyfriend. You know, you had that thought in that moment. hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, I mean, we got engaged after four months. Cool. And uh, my parents got engaged after two. They're really? still together. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and when he met my family, it was like. He had been there all along? Totally. Wow. And my family is not, they speak their mind. And there was no nothing. It was just like he was, we were just. So it was really a no brainer for you. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's amazing. Did, were past relationships kind of like a struggle or not always? What do you mean by that? Meaning this sounds like it was pretty easy and seamless. You guys met, you vibed, you knew you wanted to be together. You got engaged after four months. Yeah. Like it, to me, that's so I mean, I put sailing. drama in there. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> she loves the drama. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And also, I'm like a Jewish girl from New York. He grew up super Christian. Like, he was the drummer of the Jonas Brothers Christian. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Purity rings. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, you know, there was a little bit of 
Romeo and Juliet. No. Um, no, his mom has been totally fine with me. That's incredible. But yeah, all of my previous relationships definitely had some strife. Definitely. Yeah. This is how I knew that like my husband was different than my previous relationships because in my previous relationships, I could have seen myself getting married, but I could have also seen myself getting divorced. And with my husband, I couldn't, I could see myself getting married and couldn't see myself getting divorced. Whoa. Yeah. That's going to make me cry. (laughs) That's really nice. I love that. Yeah. So it's fair to say you relate to this story? I guess so, but I've never had it where, like, if I'm in a relationship that's, like, hooking up or new on, Mm -hmm. I've never had that. Because if they don't like your body enough to, like, say this is not for me, then, Mm -hmm. like, they just don't. I know, it's Go so weird. Well, what's so crazy about this story was that he was cool with PDA in public and seemed to really, behind closed doors, be super into her body. Yeah. And then had this moment where he was like, I don't want to be in love with someone who's, in quotes, fat. Which, yeah. by the way, I inter- I interviewed her. She's oh, not fat. She, you know what I, like, she sounds <laughs> you're like, not fat. She sounds very thin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it was c- kind of shocking where, yeah. So the the dichotomy between the two, like it definitely seemed like an internalized phobia or judgment on on his part. Yeah. But I don't know. That's that's the part that can't wrap my head around. I mean, yeah, I have TikTok, so I have seen this before. Mm -hmm. You know, I to me, it's like and I don't know if you watch Married at First Sight. I haven't. Okay, that's fine. That's your choice. (laughs) Molly just leaves. (laughs) And that was the end of the podcast. (laughs) But we have a situation like that happening this season. He said, oh, usually what I go for is more slender girls. And, you know, it's in the name of honesty. Okay, but I don't really know where I was going with that. But I just idea conflating body size with health is not accurate. No. But it's like, it is fair to say, oh, I'm not attracted to this, right? That's fair. I don't think that it should be spoken (laughs) I don't think or I don't even know what his issue was because he wasn't saying I'm not attracted to you he was just saying I usually go for skinnier right he took the kind of the coward's way out by saying that and then but it's also it's embarrassing for him like that's embarrassing for you to say because if you are saying like okay I like you I enjoy your company I I like having sex with you I want to end up with someone who is skinnier that is literally just like very embarrassing for you to admit that is very embarrassing yeah it's like the equivalent of being like I want to end up with a celebrity or I'm only gonna well it's just have a redhead be my mom yes or, yeah yeah I'm only gonna have a redhead be my mom is exactly <laughs> that oh, you nailed that's it that's a weird you that's a weird it. kink that I've just walked into is I your meant, mom redhead no I she's wouldn't a think so yeah, yeah. And I was more speaking from the perspective of being the guy, but whatever. I'm not like his mommy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get to. (laughs) It's really fucked this all up. You know, everybody's got their thing. Mm -hmm. But it's like what just for what your wedding photos. I know. Because if you like this person, what is the that was what I always find. Okay, do you watch Love Island? Yes. Okay. That is like I find it so strange. What's your type? Uh, no, well, I'm not asking you, but please go on. <laughs> go on. Yeah, I was like, thank you. I've been dying to answer this question for any men listening. No, I was going to say my type is is 
generally characteristics because I've dated every ethnicity, uh-huh. short, tall, bigger, smaller. I mean, I dated this one guy. And my mom was always like, Roar, your butt is bigger than his. And I was always just like, you're a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but physically, I don't really she have a type. She have red hair. What is, who is she? <laughs> yeah. talk? My mom is amazing. <laughs> but yes, I, I feel like if you were to ask me my type, I would be like smart, funny. Yeah. Deranged. Right. Exactly. Know? Toxic. Um, <laughs> but on Love Island, they're like, oh, I like brunettes. Yeah. And it's like, people dye their hair. What is going on? It's so strange to me. So bizarre. But. Um, Did you have a type? No. Yeah. I mean, kind of. What was your type? I don't think that I have a type. But okay. like when I started dating my husband, people would be like, no, we've met. And I'm oh. like, oh, no, you didn't. That was <laughs> my ex-boyfriend. That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. So. So kind of like hipstery. Okay. I mean, I saw this TikTok last night. I don't know if this is going to be like too off, but she was talking about it's called like Bobo and Kiki. Oh, yeah. Talia. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it really. I feel like, yeah, I 100% felt that in my soul. And I think it's because personality wise, she is a Kiki. You think she's a Kiki? Personality wise. Okay. Okay. Because I feel like I'm, I think your personality is Kiki too. Really? Yeah. Okay. Personality. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. But I was like doing like overall. Yes, but the physical. Yes, I I fully understand the difference between. I think the Chris Pratt on Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. Boba, uh-huh. Chris pa- Chris Pratt in real life in Marvel. Okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's a really good and, analogy. Yeah, that is good. So like, I would tell you my type is Bobo. Is mm-hmm. it Bobo? I think Boba. I don't think it's Boba. <laughs> Booba. <laughs> Mo. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I'm definitely a Kiki girl. Oh. Like my husband, you've seen my husband. Yeah. He's Kiki. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. he is the, the epitome of Kiki. Yeah, yeah. So. It ends with an A. Oh. Oh. B-O-U-B-A. Is it? B-O-U-B-A. I don't know how to B-O-U-B-A. say it. B-O-U-B-A. Boba? Boba. I think it's Boba. Okay. <laughs> I like Boba. I was DMing with her. She's coming on the pod. So it'll be a little late, but we'll have to. Yeah. Pull this clip up. And, and is it like, Kiki? Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Are you a boba or a Kiki? Boba. Wait, you think you're a boba? Yeah. I would say you're a Kiki. Oh. What do you think? I, I'm you don't know enough. Okay. <laughs> Mo is trying to get caught up to speed. Okay, okay, okay. He's in, the, he's in out of his depth. <laughs> so did you like being single? Did I like being single? Did you enjoy dating the scene? Yeah. You did? Yeah. I love dating. I bet you're really good at it. Thank you. I could see you really slaying a first date. I mean, I'm pretty good on a first date. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm good at flirting. Were you ever on any apps? No, I was never on any apps. Okay. I've never been on an app. I have wow. been, I have been on an app, a website once mm. before there were apps, I think. Okay. I was on J-Date once. Major. Yes. And then I started getting like phone calls from a random number saying like, I know where you live and I'm going to kill you. And this was all day one day. And I was freaking out and I was like messaging this guy that I had been like talking to and being like I'm going to the cops he's like I have no idea what you're talking about and then at the end of the day my friends were like lol (gasps) yeah that guy was like this bitch is crazy 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 yes oh my gosh that's horrifying yeah no it was really bad Hey guys, 
guys, a quick break to say thank you for listening and to ask that if you're enjoying what you hear, please do me a favor and rate and review this episode. I wanted to be able to make a show that was uncensored. And in doing so, I had to go fully independent. And likes and reviews really help a young show. And of course, make sure you're subscribed because that's the best way to help me out. Um, and that's it. I'll shut up and we can get back to the show. Thanks again for listening. Was it hard to date when you were on the show? No, I mean, I did have a boyfriend for most of the show. Oh. And then a husband. The shitty one. Yeah, but like, I don't want to, like, he, it wasn't yeah, all bad. That's my, that's my <laughs> review. Okay, but I only told you like what, you know, people are multifaceted. God, you're a better person than I am. Or maybe I am just truly damaged. No, but like, you know, it was many years of a relationship. Yeah, of course. But then I, I mean, I literally moved on to my now husband pretty quickly. Yeah, you're so lucky that you got out of that pattern. I'm never going to let go of the body comment. I only heard one thing and in my mind. He's been cemented and I'm like, I hate this man now. Yeah. But I feel like if you're in a relationship with somebody who is supposed to be your teammate and supposed to support you and love you and build you up, mm -hmm. to hit you in an area at a soft spot that he had to have known was an insecurity oh, of, of yours yeah. is so cruel. Yeah. And I think that with abusive behavior, and I, I'm not trying to be dramatic about it, but I would yeah. I would say that that's like abusive behavior. It's so insane that you managed to not repeat that pattern. Yeah, I know it is. And I'm very grateful about that. I really ran it into the ground, I will say. And that is something that I always think about with like my friends who are in situationships or relationships with people that it's obviously not working, gonna be their person because they deserve to be in a loving, full relationship. No one is going to stop until they're ready to stop. Oh, I know. And I used to ask the universe to make me want to stop. Do you know what I mean? You were like, give me the strength. Make me want to. Make me wake up. Right. So Please. it's not like asking the universe to get out of the relationship because I wasn't ready to do that because I didn't want to, mm. you know? So to be able... I wanted to be like free from the desire to be in it. Yeah. Was that because you were scared of what was on the other side or? No, I don't think. No, I wasn't scared of being being single. I was scared of not ending up with someone that I had the big fiery. Mm. I was scared that. No chemistry. That, yeah. I was scared that being with someone who wasn't this dramatic situation, whatever, was ending up with someone that you weren't going to have a crush on forever. You know what I mean? Yes. Whoa. That's wild. I feel like that's so relatable. And I hear so many of my friends talk about that. Yeah. So I thought like, okay, you can't have, because I loved my ex-wife. We had so much fun. And there was all the negative stuff. The good stuff was too. really good. Mm -hmm. And the bad was really bad. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I have to be with like a nice person person who's not gonna like fuck around with me and that means that it's not gonna be exciting it's not gonna be fun I'm not gonna like desire them or blah 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 whatever you know but that's not the case that's not the case so that is huge it is huge when I met my husband I was like shook because like I'm like you're fleeky and you're also a husband that's amazing that's yeah. amazing yeah. and and wow yeah that's a huge concern I'm thinking of one friend specifically and that is definitely her thing she has a hard time finding the same chemistry with people that turned out to be nice right 
Right. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to end up with someone that is, you know, safe, safe. I mean, but I don't want to like downplay it too much because that is also I think that would have been like a great thing for me as well. A nice person that is funny. I don't know. I don't know. Because that is that is also good. I think think. wanting to have a crush on your husband is a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, might as well just get a roommate at that point. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. Be alone. Or just be alone. Sleep in the middle of your bed. Which is what I kind of do. Yeah. That's great. That when I was breaking up with my ex-wife and my friend was like, now you can like sleep wherever you want in the bed. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you're able to do Yeah, when you're single that you can't do as a couple or as a mom mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Like just sleep. Period. Period. How did you deal with the rejection aspect of dating? I was fine. I was fine with it. Honestly, I was like, something is wrong with you. I feel bad for you. Which is amazing. You know, like kind of insane and demented. No, that's amazing. Somebody would break up with you or whatever and you were like, that's your problem. Yeah. I still fully believe people are going to be like, I hate this woman. No. I fully believe that like everybody I've ever dated is like, she's the one. I know. Wait, how do do I bottle that up? I don't know. And I'm I know it's not true, but I just don't care to face that. That's a, if I could give that as a Christmas present, <laughs> yeah. I would give that yeah. as a Christmas present or a Hanukkah present. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank uh. you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. I have not been like that. I have a lot of less than mm-hmm. insecurities. Mm-hmm. They found someone better. Really? Yeah. That I just like wasn't good enough. In what aspects? Well, the shorter the relationship is, the more it skews to my looks. Mm. So yeah. if it was a situationship or it was like a short term thing, not recently, but a couple years ago for sure. But I also look back and a couple years ago, I, I shouldn't have been dating because I don't think I had healed some of the wounds that I was carrying. And mm-hmm. so I just kept getting hurt, which was just intensified things. And if I had stopped and really healed and really looked at myself, I don't think I would have made a lot of the mistakes that I did mm-hmm. or dated a lot of the people that I did. But I... Yeah, fully believe, oh, it's because I'm not as hot as them. Yeah. As this next girl. Yeah. Which is so crazy to say out loud. Yeah. But, um, like, I believed that, like, the, the agent that I went out with, he never took me seriously. Like, we went out a few times. And I think it was because I wasn't hot enough. Like, if he tried to pitch me at his morning meeting or something for the lead girl, he wouldn't be able to pitch me. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. And I've, like, totally made that up, but I'm 100% sure that's the case. You're yeah. like, I've made it up, but I know it to be <laughs> yes, true. Yes. I don't know. It's interesting now that you're bringing it up because I, that doesn't make me feel bad because I'm like there is so much other stuff that you're gonna get from being with me Mm. and also if someone doesn't okay when I met my husband we were at brunch and I knew someone at his table so I said hi and then I went back to my brunch and then I went to their brunch after my brunch was (laughs) over and they were all talking about his ex-girlfriend because he had recently broken up with his ex-girlfriend that they all knew Mm. and they were like she's so hot she's so hot And I was like, anyone can be hot. And he was like, you're right. And that is like what I kind of feel like is true. I love that. And you know what? I 100% agree with that. And I've always agreed with that. 
I just feel like the dumb narrative, yeah. like whether it's the reason why you didn't get that job, the reason why he broke up with you, yeah. the reason why you have in quotes bad luck or whatever. We had these destructive personal narratives that mm-hmm. we run as kind of like, see, I told you it was that. Now we know it's that or the dark gremlin inside your brain. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I think part of it is probably because of the work thing. If they don't know me well. Yeah, I I tend to go that way because I also agree. If you know me, what I look like is such a fraction of who I am. And it's the least interesting thing about me. Yeah. By a long shot. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of guys come back around and I've I've talked to a lot of guys about why it didn't work out with Mm -hmm. me because I just am curious. And it was never about my looks. Yeah. It's so crazy. But maybe that's like easier for you to like put in a box and say like, oh then then it then well, it being because, like actually yeah. my personality yeah iconic <laughs> wow i will be thinking about that i, I know you didn't mean that as a no, as a dig but no. holy fuck you might have just undone my entire life <laughs> well i'm just saying like but that's how i am with in per- professionally yeah. like i don't even want to like go audition for anything because of my body like ever ever but ever so good thank you no, I legitimately appreciate, i appreciate that i really do but it has taken me yeah. out and sometimes it is easier to say it's that it's that than, than like the there was someone better than me You know what I mean? Okay, well, I'm just going to say this and then we're going to move on from it. Okay. You are so genuinely funny. Thank you. Truly, that you are actually doing us, the world, the entertainment watching population a disservice by not putting yourself in the game. Thank you. I would really appreciate it if you started auditioning for things. (laughs) I'm dead serious. You are so naturally gifted and so funny. And I would love to be able to watch you on TV or movies again. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Okay. Um. Um, Anyway, I'm really curious about you're in a healthy, established relationship. And I'm wondering kind of how you navigated communication and fighting and if you have tips and tricks for that, because I think that's such an art Mm -hmm. and such a make or break for a lot of couples. And if you have any advice for people out there. You know, I'm not... I'm by no means the picture of healthy relationship. But I think lately I've been like about protecting my peace. I need to protect my peace. And if this isn't like serving my peace, then I need to cut it. Mm -hmm. I also want to know how you manage being a mom and a wife. It's really hard. I'm working on it. That seems very hard to me as not a wife and not a mom. I look at that and I go, damn. Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, I am working on it. And not only a mom and a wife, but also a person that you were before. All the other things. Mm -hmm. It just seems like being a mom. Oh, man. There's no way to say this without it sounding insulting. But being a mom is so unsexy. Mm -hmm. It feels so unglamorous. Yes. As like an outsider. But I've also heard that. But being sexy with your partner is so important. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how do you even balance those two things? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not good at it. I it is really, really hard. And it's hypocritical because I don't I haven't taken this advice myself, but like go out to dinner and try to keep some semblance of your life. That for me personally is really difficult. I have been 
it feels like there's five weighted blankets over me at all times. So COVID probably did not help with that. COVID didn't help. So it's been hard for me. And I was I was talking to Mo about it earlier. I don't know how people are going around having children all the time. It is wild to Oh, me. like multiple children. Multiple children. Yeah. The fact that people have been moms forever and I had no idea that it was going to be as hard as it is. Mm-hmm. And I have never been happier than to have my son. Of course, like, yeah. I am in love with him, obsessed with him, would not trade it for anything. But I don't know how people do laundry. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, how do you do that with a baby? Yeah, and when he goes to nap I have to be horizontal or like staring at a wall right right so people are like I'm just now finding myself and my baby is a year and they say that people should feel better about it like people who have four month olds and I'm like I'm two and a half years in and now I feel bad because because I've missed it by a a year year and a half half. yeah and a lot of my friends that I made while I was pregnant in our mommy groups Mm -hmm. and stuff are all have a second baby but it makes sense right my son's two and a half my sister and I are two and a half years apart Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I thought that that would be what what you wanted to do exactly do you have siblings I do yeah I have a sister and how old is she a year and a half a year oh my god I know. Mom's fucking crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I have some friends that are single moms Mm -hmm. and they date. And I'm like, I don't know how that's possible. It's literally like heroes. Like the first two weeks that I had the baby home, I was like mainly thinking about single mom because you know it's hard, right? Like a single mom. I'm literally like, I don't know how it's possible. I don't know why one isn't running the country. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's not interesting to them, maybe. That's, yeah, (laughs) real, real. But yeah, I need to, because even when we have a date night, I'm like, don't, don't I just want to like be in bed? Mm. Because then the next morning. But it's cool that you're with somebody that's understanding. Yeah. And it sounds like on the same page. Yeah. I mean, that feels very fortunate. Yeah, definitely. But I do wish that one of us were more gung-ho about it. Maybe it would happen, Mm. you know? Okay, there's. I have two questions that we're going to try and blow through. Okay. One, we've been together for 10 years. Love him, but not in love. Please give me the strength to break up because it will break his heart. Okay, that is sad. I know. And it's going to be sad. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I know. So it's been 10 years. Do you want it to be 20? Exactly. Do you want to waste another moment? Decade? Yeah, no. Also, I fail fast. I would have rather had guys break up with me sooner. Don't let me sit in something any longer. If you know you're done, please don't waste my time. Yes, 100%. And it's going to suck. You got to deal with that. There is much on the horizon. And if you're asking for that, you that, know you want it. You know you want it. And you're in the right place. That's exactly what I was saying. Ask for the strength to want to do it, you know? Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's true. Or we could just say you have to do it by April. Or you could just DM me his IG and we will customize a message (laughs) to it for you. Okay. How to embrace a one night stand. If I have too much fun, then I'm sad that it's like one and done. Yeah. I'm not good at that. Really? No. You didn't do one night stands? Mm Mm-mm. 
Wow. Okay, I'll take this one. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you need to start being way more communicative up top. I also DM'd this girl back because I was like, is it because if you have fun, you want to make them a boyfriend? And she was like, sometimes, but sometimes I just want to continue having sex and they don't seem into it. And I said, well, do you ever explicitly ask for that? And she said, no. And I was like, oh, I really clearly state that at the top. So you're able to have sex no emotional strings. 100%. Yeah. Interesting. And here's the thing. I also will not have sex with some casual sex with somebody if there are strings. Mm-hmm. What I do is I'm really good at identifying if there's feelings involved. So you're just like, I like your body and I like having sex with your body, period. Yeah. It could be like, I like your vibe. So sometimes I'm just like not in a place where I don't want to date or I look at somebody and like the best example would be there's a crazy deal breaker there where you know you're never going to end up in a relationship uh-huh. with this person. They're a great fuck buddy, okay. assuming you have good sex. Okay. To me, sex doesn't immediately equate to attachment. Yeah. How that is a thing for me, I don't know, but mm-hmm. it is a thing for me. But there's a person in my life that is really hot and a lot of people want me to have sex with. And I'm like, I can't have sex with that person because I have feelings for that person. And so if I casually have sex with that person, I'm going to get hurt. So I won't do it. Yeah. But I'm very clear about identifying that. And I'm also, I have no shame, embarrassment, whatever, communicating that to the person mm-hmm. in the moment. Or I also am the type of person where I'd be like, oh, I fully am into you. I have a crush on you. And if they're like, uh, oh, I'm not there, whatever, I go, okay. Mm -hmm. So my advice to this girl would be tell the guys that you want to continue sleeping with that you want to continue sleeping with them. Yeah. Okay. Rapid fire questions. Okay. What's your favorite killer move? Just like a good flirt. So banter. Your go-to move is banter. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. (laughs) No problem. Killer date. Like a whale watching tour? (laughs) The specificity on that is is perfect. I mean, because you're like, I never, in California at least, it's yeah. like, oh, we can just do this, like go on Groupon. And go do it. Yeah. Something wild and crazy. Exactly. And then they're stuck. They can't leave you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but like, it's like a new experience for both of you. Like go to the aquarium or just like something weird that you wouldn't do. Yeah. What about a date killer? Bragging. I don't like bragging. Fair. Yeah. What is something that you're trying to work on to improve your relationship or relationships? I guess I'm trying to make more of an effort to like spend time as romantic partners as opposed to like parents who are in love with each other. I love that. It's going to happen. Yeah, I know. What is one thing in your self-love practice? Changing your bed sheets. There's nothing like a fresh set. Yeah. You know? I do it weekly. Are we doing it more than that? No, weekly's good. Okay. I change my pillowcases though, like every two days. But I'm saying like if you are like not feeling in a good spot, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like a shower for your bedroom. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's cool. So what's the best relationship advice you've ever been given? I would say that it is one time I called my house, my dad picked up and I was really sad about a guy and I was like, dad, I'm really sad. And he was like great that's part of the human experience and I was like oh yeah when it's something like that like it's okay to be sad there's no need to avoid it avoid it and it's part of what makes us human and most of the time being human and having those feelings are a privilege so that's great advice this is a special request from Daniel can you please say you're welcome (laughs) my god how much are you paying me okay fine you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. <laughs> okay. If people want to find more of you, where do they find you? Um, usually in bed. Um, 
watching reality TV. No, um, at Molly Charlove on everywhere. Perfect. Thank you for coming. Thank this you has so been much. Amazing. And also, I can't wait to see you on TV. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Amazing. That was great. Yeah. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. I just wanted to say a quick thank you to Anna for sharing her deeply personal story with us. I hope that I speak for not just myself when I say that I was really moved by your story and I feel so grateful that you trusted me to share it and that you chose to share it on this podcast. I also want to say thank you to Molly for joining us, for being so transparent and for making me laugh throughout the entire episode. If you have a story that you would like to share on this podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at rory at crimesoftheheartpod.com, which is also listed below in the show notes. And remember, everything is 100% anonymous, should you want it to be. Thanks again for listening and see you next Tuesday.